0: Welcome to The Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the up.
1: Sometimes you have to be a little bold, right? And think, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand behind it. And we can't be afraid to make mistakes in business and marketing in life. It's learning. It's a learning opportunity of, yeah, you know, we tried this. If it didn't work, that's okay. Like we would have learned from it. We had some other spots we could have rotated in. But if you don't try, you're never going to learn. And you're just going to keep doing the same thing. So it really is a moment of, all right, sometimes you just have to be bold and, and try something new.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today we have Shelly Pratt on the podcast. I'll let Shelly give her, her intro about how she got into marketing, but super excited for this conversation.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm I'm Shelly Pratt. Uh, I've been in marketing for most of my adult life. I got into marketing at a pretty young age when I was in eighth grade. We had a speaker come to one of my classes that she was in marketing. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is something that I can really see in my adult life. It mixes some analytical skills with the creative nature that I innately have. And I just fell in love with everything she had to say. And when I went to college, you know, I majored in marketing and just fell more and more in love with it. And when I first graduated, trying to find my way, I, I started in sales. Uh, you know, it's a, a kind of a form of marketing but really missed more of the creative element of it. And so once the company was moving to Nashville, I thought, you know, this could be my great opportunity to, to prove that this is the area that I really want to be in and got into marketing uh, in 2006. So been been in it for quite some time and I've done all aspects of marketing. So social media, interactive, buying media, creative. It's just something I love and I'm extremely passionate about.
0: And now you're director of communications and media at infinity is if, his own correct. If I got the title, right?
1: You're correct. Yep.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That should be a fun role. I mean, I've had an infinity. My, I think my like third car was like, an oh, hand me down infinity. So I have an infinity for infinity.
1: Good, <laughs> That's great. We, we love all of our fans of infinity.
0: I want to go into the conversation today. Um, one thing that you're really passionate about is how your outside habits influence your creativity and work. So could you talk about what you do? What is your routine that helps you become more creative, become a better leader at work?
1: So my my routine outside of work to keep me in a great headspace and kind of get the creative juices flowing, I like I like to run. I won't say I'm a fast runner, but I could run for a long time. <laughs> and so I just, I get out there and, and sometimes I'll listen to podcasts or music or sometimes books and it just gives me some space to think, to strategize, to be inspired by others. You know, you, you hear, you listen to, you know, sometimes I listen to marketing podcasts. Sometimes I, I listen to how to be a better uh, negotiator. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes that's part of the job too. And then I I try to apply that to work and life and learning because it's the only time that I really just get to myself. Uh, You're out there, you're on the road, you're on the treadmill. It just kind of clears up your mind and your space to think about what are the different things I could be doing. And maybe reflecting back on some decisions I made, the good ones and the bad ones, in thinking of how I could have approached situations differently or better, or even giving myself the moment to say, you know what, I think I actually did a really good job at that type of project that I was working on or approach I took or some mentoring or guidance I gave to somebody. But it's it's not always easy to take a moment for self-reflection and to be able to look back and, and do just that of be able to go through the things that they did right and wrong and be able to process that. And also some different ideas. You know, there's some some creative juices that get flowing when you're you're just on the road and nothing else is in front of you. You know, you're not looking at social media. You're not sending emails. I'm also a parent. I'm not parenting when I'm out there. It's just truly time to be me in in my space. And it really helps with a lot of things. If sometimes I'm feeling angry or sad or even happy, you get out there and you just, you kind of leave it all behind you and you just process and, you know to, to be able to find time to think is pretty hard especially when when you're in leadership roles because you don't always get that. You know you're in meetings all day long or you know you're you're putting out fire drills or you're coaching and you're mentoring and, and helping other people with their careers or parenting you know that's that's a whole other job in and of itself and it just it gives me that time and that space. And then sometimes you know if something's really going on I'll I'll go longer so I'll be like, you know what, I'm not ready to go home yet. I'm going to go do another loop or, you know, kind to take that hill. And, and you just, you know, it's just a nice moment of reflection. And aside from running, I've actually started to do some meditating as well. That's harder for me, I think, because your brain's always going. And then sometimes when you're in it, you're like, I'm not doing this right. <laughs> and that, you know, that's not the purpose of, of meditating, but, you know, really just trying to clear your brain to be able to think and be a, a better person and a better human.
0: What are some of the most like creative ideas you've gotten and when, when is the best time do you think those ideas come Are they randomly or did you be like, okay, I really need to go for a run right now because I need to come up with some creative ideas or is it just, I have a routine every morning or every afternoon or every night I go for a run.
1: It's a little of both. You know, sometimes if I'm feeling super stressed or overwhelmed, I'll go and just run you you clear your head and you're able to think, okay, here's some business challenges that we're faced with. How can I help solve some of those problems? You know, that's a lot, a lot lately, especially in automotive. It's, we're in a very competitive marketplace. You know, the, the dynamics have been shifting a lot, you know, COVID now before you couldn't get cars, you know, now there might be too many. So sometimes I'll go and do that and then start to think, okay, how can I help solve some of these business problems? And you go back to your agencies or your team and you say, listen, we're faced with too much inventory of this vehicle. How can we go and and make sure that we're you know, taking some of these upper funnel actions and turning them into lower funnel actions? And that's probably the most recent one that I've done because it's it's very applicable, right, of the dynamics have changed and we need to be able to change with it. And sometimes I'll do it before, you know, I have speeches where I have to present and we just recently had an all retailer meeting where, you know, I had to present in front of 500 plus people. And at first I thought, "Well, this is overwhelming, it's daunting. What am I going to say? How am I going to inspire all of these folks that are in the room?" And I went for a run and I came back and I met with the the speech writers after that and you know, that's your moment where you're like, okay, I have all of these ideas and I'm really excited. So let's let's push this into how I can motivate and really get those retailers engaged and excited about the future of the brand. Or sometimes it's creative. <laughs> you know, sometimes you see some creative elements and you're like, okay, we could probably work this into a commercial or a social media post or things like that.
0: I think people understand that the best ideas in marketing don't come when you're sitting in a meeting or when you're getting a meeting on calendar to brainstorm ideas, they come from the unconscious things you do. For you, it's running. Some people, it's in the shower. For some people, they go for a walk. Some people, it's yoga. Whatever it is, they just, you need to take space away from your everyday too. Because when you're in marketing or working, your conscious mind's going all the time. You don't have time to shut that off to have those original thoughts, have those connecting moments to say point A must c- connect with point B to come up with a cool idea. So I think it's really cool that you actually carve out time to do that. I think more people should find their getaway, whether it's walk, run, paddle boarding, whatever you want to do <laughs> that needs to, yeah,
1: get off the phones and, and be able to do that.
0: I want to give people the perspective of what it's like to be in a leadership role in such a big company. Could you describe what it's like for people? Say, I want to become a director at Infinity. What, are, what does it take to get there? And then also, what is the day-to-day like in that type?
1: Yeah, I think what it takes to get there is a curious mindset to be open to new possibilities and, and new things. And for marketing specifically, you know, I think it's really easy for people to look at the commercials we make or the social media and think, you know, that's really fun. And it is very fun. <laughs> you know, and it's it's kind of the, the glamorous moments of it. But that's not what, you know, marketing is really. If you boil it down we're a very data-driven organization. I would say probably 90% of my decisions are data-driven, uh, where you know, the other 10% might be more of a subjective, creative feeling. But I work with the biggest partners in the world, like Google's and Meta and Pinterest. And I bring them in and I want to learn. I want to understand what they're doing and what they can provide for us. And how to take some of these the data of like what's working what's not working and have an honest look at things of okay we tried something and this didn't work we need to evolve it or you know we were the first in the industry to do this great let's keep leaning into it but in order to get into marketing i i think you need to be open to doing you know not just probably the most glamorous things um you know we have a business intelligence team that has a bunch of data scientists that work for us, and they they process all of the information that comes in and helps me make decisions on where to move big buckets of money, and that's probably the, one of the most valuable things on my team to be able to do to arm me with that because the marketing department for a big company like us, we are like investment makers, right? We're we're spending shareholders' money, <laughs> and we have to make sure that we have a return on that investment, so. They're a really valued part of my team, and I think that's shifted tremendously from where I started. You know, it it wasn't always this backed and steeped in data and analytics, and I think that's something that's so valuable for anybody that wants to get their start in marketing to be able to hone in on those skills.
0: When is it time to use that intuition and be like, okay, the data says X, but I really have a strong feeling that we should try this because I think it's gonna we don't have enough data or we want to take a risk. And I think it's good that you say ten percent because it's like investing what you said earlier, like ten percent of your investment should go into high risky ideas that might pan out or might not pan out. So how do you think about
1: you know, marketing is art and science where you use a little bit of both for every decision, but you do have to take some risks sometimes. The biggest risks I took, we had a creative spot that we put into testing about a year ago and it came back and it didn't do really well with the group that we tested it. But there was just this gut feeling that there was something to the spot. I, I You know, we can make it work. Let's take what we heard from the panel and, and maybe make some adjustments to it, but there was something there, and I just I knew it in my gut. I knew it innately. It's something I had to actually go and run and think about and process. And I came back to the team and said, I want to move forward with this spot. I know this information is telling me we shouldn't, but we should absolutely do it. And we made it, and it it's, it's a beautiful spot. And I was I actually just spoke to Google today. It broke all of their creative benchmarks. So it, it leaned into a moment where a woman was anxious and kind of giving herself a pep talk and it it uncovered a cultural identity of, you know, everybody has these moments where you're not feeling super confident and you got to go give yourself your pep talk before you get out and, and take on the world and you're, you're two different selves, right? Yourself where maybe you don't have it all together and then you get out of that car and you're like, I got this. And it, it, you know, it performed really well, and that's something that could have been put on the chopping block if we just followed the data and, and didn't lean into. All right, maybe we have to take a risk here.
0: I think that's a great insight. I think, first of all, I think you understood the audience because you you've experienced that before. So sometimes you have to lean in and be like, okay, some people like me have these problems every day. I know that my audience has those problems every day. Maybe the way we were targeting was off on this creative, maybe the time period was off on this creative, maybe, but let's just put it out in the market because inherently I know this is a pain point my customers have. Data to me is just a compass. It gives you inherently like, this is the direction you should go. But sometimes, you know, like in running, for example, like sometimes there's a roadblock and you have to go another route. Sometimes there's, it's raining and you like, just because it's a compass, it can't tell that that it's raining. So you need like multiple data points, not just the one data set to be like, Hey, this is the right decision. So I think that's cool that you, you just went with your gut because you inherently knew the problem that it's solving.
1: Sometimes you have to be a little bold, right? And think I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand behind it. And, we can't be afraid to make mistakes in business, and marketing, in life. It's learning. It's a learning opportunity of, yeah, we tried this. If it didn't work, that's okay. Like we would have learned from it. We had some other spots we could have rotated in. But if you don't try, you're never going to learn and you're just going to keep doing the same thing. So it really is a moment of, all right, sometimes you just have to be bold and, and try something new.
0: One thing you said is data driven as one of the skills, but what, what does it take? to become like a leader in this company, in a company, what are some leadership skills that you've honed in that, besides like being data-driven because you could become data-driven doesn't mean you will become a good leader. Um, so what are some skills you you honed in for becoming a leader?
1: Yeah, some skills that I honed in, you know, uh, I think I mentioned the curious mindset. You ask a lot of questions and you learn and grow and you're not afraid to ask questions. Uh, that's the only way that I think that you can learn something new. and. You know, some of the other leadership skills, uh, I lot, use a lot of compassion. I try to look at people and, and see where they are and meet them where they are because I can't, I, you know, if with 20 people on my team, I can't manage everybody the same way. And so if you can learn situational leadership where, you know, you change what kind of direction you need to give somebody or how much support you need to give somebody or how much autonomy you need to give somebody, that's probably one of the best leadership skills I think anybody can develop. Uh, and it, it makes you a pretty successful leader because there's some people on my team that they don't need a lot from me. <laughs> Sometimes they need a decision and that's about it. And, and they come with, with their ideas. But then there's some other people on the team, say if they're newer to their roles or newer to marketing, they're gonna need more from me. And so I'll take that time and have one-on-ones and probably explain to them more why I'm making decisions than I would somebody that doesn't need me to be that way. I think you also have to be able to have a point of view. That's really important. Again, you could be wrong, but it doesn't help anybody if you're just taking information and giving it to somebody. You're taking that information, you're processing it and saying, this is what I would do if I were in your role. And really trying to help make it easier for people to make decisions. That's probably the best thing, especially when you're early in your career. It's You know, not just taking someone, here's all the problems for you to solve. But I have a couple ideas myself, too. They might not be the right ideas, but what do you think? And that starts to really have really good conversations and trust.
0: You talked a little bit earlier about that Infinity, the car market is very competitive. So for marketers that are in a competitive environment, what are some things you you should think about to stand out beyond your competition?
1: first you need to really understand the macro environment. So understand, you know, where you are in your competitive marketplace, what's happening in your competitive marketplace and how you can carve out your white space and stick to it. So, you know, Infinity in the past, you know, it's changed its brand direction a few times. And when, when I took over the role, it was really, what can we own? What is authentic to our brand? What is our brand strategy? And then we're going to stick the course and lean heavily into it. And for us specifically, we did a lot of research and found that our interiors were way superior to some of our our competitors. And when people got into the vehicles, it changed their perception of the brand. It elevated it, uh, increased their willingness to pay and things like that. And so we sat with the agency and, and worked out, how can we really own these moments of this interior superiority? And probably some of the biggest events in life, not all of them, but happened in the car. You know, you think about you inside your car and your big moments, whether it's like blasting your power song before you get out or, or having tough conversations. And, you know, for me with the teenager, that's like the moment she talks to me and like a lot of great, interesting, emotional things happen inside the car. So we leaned heavily into that strategy. And, you know, even beyond infinity, once you have your strategy, you need to stick to it and all of the decisions that you make, all of the creative that you make has to really hone in on that. And you have to be pretty resilient, right? Like when things get tough, it's easy to, to give up long-term goals for short-term goals. But as leaders, as marketers, you have to figure out how to do both. And that's that's something I do on a daily basis as how do I grow the brand and make people understand who we are, but then also sell cars. <laughs> I
0: think the... Such an important point you made is I think so many people and marketers come up with a strategy at the beginning of the year and maybe something flops or something doesn't go right and then they start changing strategy middle of the year. I think it's so important that what you said is okay. We've helped, we know this is this is a long term strategy. You have to have a point of view. You're committing to the point of view, and no matter what the course is, we might have down. A down campaign or a down, let's say something might go wrong, but staying focused, keep the guardrails on, keep the blinders on, and just keep pushing towards what you said. I think so many marketers need to listen to that because I think what you said: long term, short term goals sometimes affect long term strategy. And you, I'm glad that at that affinity, you just put the blinders on and keep pushing because. Like you said, it's testing, it's data. That didn't work, let's try something else. This doesn't work, let's try something out. You know your interior is better, so how can we lean into that and keep showing those emotional moments in the car? So I think that's an awesome way to for marketers listening to think about it.
1: And to be clear about what your objectives are, as we start each of our fiscal years, we'll lay out, here's these two main objectives that we want to accomplish, and they've been the same for the last two years. And then, how does everything ladder up to that? And then I'll take my senior leaders out with me and say, All right, what are the priorities? Let's rank out the top four priorities. If they don't fit under these objectives or these priorities, we don't do it. Like, there's just some things we can't do. We're a small, scrappy team. But, you know, to be focused on those goals and continue to focus on those goals, optimizing, great. Yeah, because, you know, media, some things work, some audiences work, some don't. You can change that around but if you still stick to your pillars you're gonna see tremendous success and that makes it sound easy because there's a lot of pressures on us as well but it's selling that that idea and that vision upstream too to the chairmen's of the world and and the senior vice presidents and if they're all rowing in the same boat it makes it a little easier but it takes takes a little work on the back end to make sure we're all going in the same direction
0: I mean, you said at the beginning also of the podcast that selling is a marketing skill. You have to be able to sell, um, whether it's externally or internally. Internally is probably one of the biggest ways marketers, marketers think they don't need to sell, but you have to sell your ideas all your time. You have to sell the budget. You have to sell the campaign. You have to sell people to get on board with. A decision you're making, there's so many different moments where you're selling as a marketer, where you you might not be pitching a client, but you're pitching so many internal stakeholders to get on board on something.
1: Or even your team. You know, you have to make sure your team is bought in on your vision too, because they're the ones that are going to execute. And so, you know, I, I make it very clear, here's what the marketing vision is. What is your part in it? Every conversation you have, what are you doing to contribute to this marketing vision?
0: that's underrated too is selling ideas to a team because p- as a leader if 80% of your team is not bought in you're not going to get the result that you you're you're getting so you have to make sure that you get champions on your team that are helping you you got to make sure that you're you're presenting it in the right way that like you said before as a leader you got to know some people are self sufficient so you got to sell those people differently. You have to sell the people who need a little help differently. So everybody has different ways you just have to learn. Like marketers, learn your audience, learn your, your team to be able to sell. Yeah, absolutely. Sell them. One question I do love asking on this podcast is what is that marketing hill you would die on?
1: The marketing hill that I would die on is to stay building the brand even in competitive marketplace. You know, I, we talked a little bit about the short-term, long-term goals. It is so important to make sure you know who you are, know your voice, know your brand, and stand behind it and don't sacrifice it. It's so easy to do when you're faced with pressure or short-term objectives, but if you don't believe in it and if you don't have a strong strategy, everything will fall apart in my opinion. I just think it's so important to always be building your brand and don't do anything to hurt it. So even if you see something new that comes out and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna jump on that, I'm gonna try that, you have to go back to will this hurt my brand? Will this make us less valuable? We're a luxury brand, so we have to act differently than a lot of other brands because you know, we we have high household income earners that are purchasing our vehicles. And I would say in in this world, in this luxury world, brand is probably more important than even the product itself. So that's something I'm always fighting for behind the scenes of, all right, brand first, brand first, brand first. And then you know everything else comes with that if you can build your brand.
0: I think also people mistake that brand is running these big, cool campaigns. Like brand means what you said before, sticking to knowing who you are, sticking to know your values, sticking to know... That your audience and making sure everything aligns to who we are as a brand. It doesn't mean that you're spending millions of dollars sponsoring a Super Bowl ad or this and that. It doesn't mean brand awareness campaign. It means doing the activity internally to know who you are and everybody's on the same page and every touch point feels that way, whether it's paid, social, comms, everything goes out in, in that way. I think that's so important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's probably one of the most important things we need to do. And probably one of the harder ones where, you know, if if things get tough in the competitive landscape, it's, it's easy to maybe make some short-term decisions that can hurt you. But I just, you know, steadfastly, I will fight for the brand. Mm-hmm. And it's the right thing to do. And, and m- most people in our organization, they fight for it too because they know how important it is.
0: I think what you said too, in luxury market, if you're fighting over just, I'm trying to be the cheapest car out there, maybe you could do different things to sales and all different things and pushing out marketing from every channel or whatever. But when you're a luxury brand, you gotta appear not to be cheap. You have to appear not to be, you have to do the appearance matters more because you could do one sale that now it teaches your buyers that like you're cheap and brand we're not as great as we used to be like and it could ruin a whole years of building that up that you're luxury and doing cool just because you wanted to hit one target so i think that's so important that people need to realize as marketers. last question i want to ask you is if you were starting your marketing career over today What is one piece of advice you would give yourself?
1: If I was starting my marketing career over today, I would tell myself that it's okay to make mistakes. When I first started and now I still am wired, I'm a type A perfectionist. I'm wired for things to go smoothly and perfectly and that's something I'm, I'm still working on and I'm pretty well into my career. But I think when I first started, I was so afraid to make a mistake that sometimes I would be held back by trying new things and it really hurt me more than helped me initially and when when I started to to pitch some new ideas and different ways of thinking and then they worked I built up my confidence over time but it probably took longer than it should have where I had the skill set I have an entrepreneurial spirit I should have leaned into that more and I wish I would have leaned into that more and maybe valued myself a little bit more than I did. And this is advice I give people that I help mentor of don't say bad things about yourself because then other people will start to think those things about you. Like just internally work on it, process it, and don't be afraid to not be perfect and, and to make those mistakes. And I think that's really hard, especially when you're starting out and you're trying to move up and you think you have to be a certain way and it's okay to be human. And I think that's more accepted in the marketplace now more than ever of the vulnerability and being your authentic self and being your whole self. That's a great shift in business that I've seen that I think is great, especially for people that are starting out. But it's maybe a little bit of vulnerability not to have to be perfect.
0: It's funny you said that because this book is applicable even though the name of the title, but I'm reading The Inner Game of Tennis. I don't know if you read it, but it's like, basically it tells you there's two types of people you're talking to to yourself like you're talking to the i and myself so when you hit a, a bad shot or you're doing something bad you it's easy to say i suck today or like i'm terrible at backis or you could do the second thing or be more observing and say oh that forehand went out because my racket went like this No, instead of saying I suck at forehands, because when you say that, your emotions start changing, you start getting stressed and all that stuff. So the way you talk to yourself on a court or in a role or stuff like that is so important because you might not think to it, but you're talking to a part of yourself to say, oh, I'm terrible at marketing. And then it's going to go to your team that you're coming out stressed and you're saying you're terrible at marketing. And then they're going to, you, it's just downward spiral as you go. So it's good to tell yourself, okay, I made that mistake. Why did I make that mistake? How can I learn from that mistake? What could I do differently instead of saying I'm terrible at it?
1: Yeah, I think that I might have to read that book. <laughs> that sounds great. It's,
0: it's really great. It's a great. It's a great book. It's it's called the name tennis, but it it really helps you just learn how to talk to yourself and learn how to say like. Hey, sometimes in moments, like because sometimes you're in a roll and you just your unconscious. Your conscious mind doesn't say anything because you're doing great things all the time. But you make one mistake and you you start going on a downward spiral. Oh, now I'm making another mistake. And I'm making another mistake because I keep telling myself I'm making mistakes. Uh, so that's good. It's, it's a good book. Um, lastly, I want to ask where could people find you? Where, what are you doing? All that good stuff.
1: Well, they can find me. I'm on all the social media channels. I'm not so good at TikTok yet, but my 15-year-old's helping me with that. But yeah, all social media, LinkedIn and, and Instagram and Facebook and X, formerly known as Twitter, I'm on all of those platforms. And then uh, professionally, we'll be at Pebble Beach next week to reveal uh, some pretty interesting new stuff. So watch for infinity and some big moments next week
0: oh that's exciting pebble beach pebble beach is a cool place that's that's exciting that you're going there so i'm excited to see what infinity's doing and i'm excited to see your your tiktok channel blow up there um credit your, your 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 child for helping you with that and i appreciate your time it's been awesome
1: thank you so much it was so nice to talk with you
0: thanks so much for listening